We're in December, and we're going to start a brand new series that I'm very excited about. And I know you hear me say that every month, but if I wasn't excited about it, I shouldn't be preaching it. Amen. But uh, I'm really excited about this one because we're coming into the Christmas season. It's the holiday season. And, and as I was praying, and we plan way ahead, and I was just praying about this holiday season, this Christmas season, and, and uh, I'm going to talk to you about a series called Unwrapped. There's going to be a lot of gifts under trees and, and, and all of those things, exchanging gifts and all of that. But how many knows that if you don't unwrap the gift, you never get to partake of the value of what's in it? And can I tell you that there's much inside of you that God wants to unwrap that you haven't let the world see yet. You haven't even found it in yourself yet because you've kept it in a package. And God wants you to know today that you're special. And everybody look at me for a second. Everything about you is special. And God wants to unwrap some of your worlds and some of your lives today. And I want to help you in this journey with a message called Chosen. Let's go right to our text that we're going to use throughout this month. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 2. It's in your notes. And it says, but you are a, say it with me, chosen people. Very important word there because we're talking about chosen today. Unwrapping the idea and the thought, the understanding that God has chosen you. You are a chosen people. And I know some of you, if you can see it on the big screen, we're going to be enlarging this as the weeks go by. And by the way, I meant to say earlier, but if you see things that aren't completed yet, don't worry. Ladies, I promise you there'll be a mirror in your bathroom next week, okay? All right? I promise you we just couldn't get the mirror in, all right? And, uh, you know, that's the first thing some of our women's noticed. There's no mirror in there. I said there was one in your house, okay? All right? But, and, and we're going to get everything finished, I promise, all right? But you are a chosen people. How many is glad Jesus chose you? You didn't find him. He found you. A royal priesthood. And we'll go through some of these throughout the month. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession. You're God's special possession today because he chose you. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And here's what I want you to see today. How many of you ever loved ball like I did? I played baseball for 14 years and two years, what they call big league ball is a traveling team. And how many of you ever played in the ball field around your neighborhood and everybody started picking teams and there was always that last person that was last every time? We had one guy this morning said, yeah, that was me. And I said, I wasn't going to mention names, but since you volunteered it, okay. All right. But how many is thankful that God doesn't do it that way? You know, that God doesn't have a first and a second because here's what the word chosen there means in the original. It means to be selected as the best and most appropriate to be elected. So when God says you're a chosen people, you're not 10th in line. He said, you were the best that I could choose. You, you were the best. You were the most appropriate that I could select. It means to be appointed, favored, and I love this. It means to be handpicked. Come on, somebody. You've been handpicked today. Not, you didn't just, no, I was number nine on the team. Only reason I'm on this team is there wasn't nobody else in line. No, you were handpicked by God on purpose, elected by God because you qualify for what God's wanting to do in and through your life. There's a lot inside your package. You just hadn't unwrapped it yet. 
There's a lot inside of you that you don't even know about yet because you've kept it wrapped up with pain and hurt and offenses and failure and, and all of those things that have come into your life and you've kept the wrapping on to keep your, your personal life from being exposed and God's not wanting to expose your past. He's wanting you to see your present and future. And we want to unwrap some things today. Ephesians, Paul put it like this, for he chose us in him. He handpicked us. He handpicked you in him before the creation of the world. The writer put it like this, before my substance were formed in the womb of my mother, you knew me. He knew if you was going to be red, yellow, black, or white. He knew if you was going to have money galore, if you was going to pay the bills week by week. He knew if you were going to have a marriage that was going to go through. He knew if you were going to face offenses in life. He knew everything about you. He already knew. Matter of fact, the scripture put it like this. Before any of my days came to me, you saw all of them. He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption. How many's glad Jesus adopted you? Come on, how many's glad you weren't in the family? You were out there in sin. You were out there in garbage. You were out there going your own life, and Jesus showed up. And by the way, in the state of Florida, because we have two Vietnamese children, one of them was on the stage today that we've raised now for 17 years, and they went through a tragedy in their family, and they came into our home, what was supposed to be for 30 days, and they never left. <laughs> and they, they're our kids now, and we legally are trying, we want to adopt them legally so that when we pass away, they get the same treatment as our biological children in the will and everything. And here's what we found out in the state of Florida. Your biological children, you can take out of your will. You can't, your adopted children. No, once you're adopted, you're in for life. Now, I want to ask you again, how many are thankful that he adopted you? See, if my son don't come and cut the grass, I can get him out. Tommy don't come, he's in. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. Jesus has chosen you today. And I want to unwrap that because through you today, there's a legacy, not a memory. See, every one of us is going to leave a legacy or a memory when we die. A memory is I knew that person. A legacy is let me tell you what that person did that changed my life. Let me tell you what that person said to me. Let me tell you what the kindness, the act of kindness that person did. Let me tell you how that person introduced me to a new life in Jesus, and I'll never be the same, and generations to come will never be the same because that person impacted my life with legacy. And I want to talk to you about the church in general, and I want to talk to you individually today, and we're going to go very quickly. So you ready to go? Get your notes out, and let's fly, okay? You see, unwrapping the legacy within you, that being chosen within you, that, that special gift within you, it takes faith to see it. You've got to have faith to see it. See, many of you have already disqualified yourself because of yesterday, and you have no hope for today. But if you're going to find that person, that gift, that, that specialty that you are to God, you've got to stop living in yesterday and enter today. And start realizing that God's got something very special. He's handpicked you. You're not number nine today. You're number one. And he's handpicked you with purpose. You must begin to see things different than the way they presently are. Somebody needs to hear that right now. 
You've got to see things differently than they presently are. The Bible says we call things as though they are, even though they're not yet, but I see them differently. I see a better life. I see a better day that's coming. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for without the evidence of things seen. They're not seen yet. But once I begin to see them and I connect faith, this had to be seen before it could become a reality. Your life, your change, your future, you've got to begin to see it before it can become reality in your life. And as long as you see yourself as offended and hurt and a failure and a mistake, that's how you will live your life. But if you let Jesus unwrap your package today and see that genuine gift that God has inside of you, you've been through divorce, you've been through abortions, you've been through this, you've been through that, you've been hurt, your pain's real. I'm not making light of that. Your failure's real. We all have it in the chapters of our book. We've all got chapters we wish we didn't have to write, but they're part of our story that makes us who we are. But if you'll let Jesus come, there's still a conclusion that he wants to bring to the book of your life. And it can only happen when you take a step of faith and begin to see yourself as Jesus sees you, not as others have seen you. You start building something that you're going to pass from generation to generation instead of living in this mindset of survivorship. Ephesians, I love this. Boy, I'm really taking a long time. Let me hurry. This is good, though. Paul says, God is building a home. God is building a home. And we use the word family around here a lot because we're a family. How many appreciate your family? Red, yellow, black, or white, man. Rich, poor. It's a family. And God's building a home. And we want this Transformation Church to be a home because home's a safe place. A home's a place I can go with my failure and still be accepted. Home's a place that I can have my worst day and they still love me. My home's a place that my children know what I live. I can fake you, but I can't fake them. And they still call me dad and they're proud of me because they, they see my humanity. And that's home, and, and God's building a home. He's using us all. Because you see, this community doesn't need another church. There's over 1,200 of them in this town, and I thank God for every one of them. But they don't need another church. They need a home that they can go to and be embraced and loved and welcomed and received. And they're not 10th in line. They're treated number one. We had a young man come in last night to our practice service from Lee Street. He came in and he asked for the pastor and they introduced me to him and right over in those steps, a young man from this community, we didn't get to him yet, he came to us before we ever had our first service. And he said, Pastor, I'm a drug addict. I've been a drug addict since I was a young boy and I'm tired of this life and I just want a new life and I want to start over and I don't know how. And I led him to Jesus in the stairwell and we've already got him connected with one of our drug programs and we're getting him there this week and God's gonna change his life. But here's what I love. He's using us all to build this home. And I love this. Come on, get this. Irrespective of how we got here. Come on, how many of you said I would never be in church on a Sunday morning worshiping God with a bunch of religious fanatics here calling Jesus Lord? Come on, how many in here could go, man, God has done something to get me here. I've come through some stuff. And what he is building, he's irrespective of how we got here, he's called us all into this building of the home. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation, but now he's using you 
fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds the parts together. You see, I've realized in pastoring this church that I play such a small role. Well, when I counted over 160 people here last night, dream teamers that serve every service in this church every Sunday that make this thing happen, I'm part of something way bigger than me. I said, I'm part of something way bigger than me. This church isn't built around a person. It's built around a legacy, a cause of impacting a community in a city with a hope of a person called Jesus Christ. He's still the only answer. And he says, you get to be a part of that because you're handpicked to be on my team. Come on, that's good stuff right there. All right? And so very quickly, I want to go through this because I wrote down this week, I was just walking through this building, having some prayer time, and I wrote down what I see, because by faith, you've got to see it. And I just began to write down some things that I see transformation being chosen to be. We're not to be a better church than anybody else, but he's called us to be us. And when I see transformation church by faith, I see a church that is so life-giving that buildings will constantly be a challenge for us to handle the increase that's coming. This isn't our final stop, my friend. This is our seventh stop, and number eight will come. Because my vision is that this campus will eventually be our special needs campus only. That this whole facility will be designed for special needs families. That buildings will constantly be a challenge. I see a church where people are focused on a real relationship with Jesus and not religion. Where living for God is something we get to do, not something we got to do. I see a church where people are constantly moving into the next step of reaching new goals and new heights in their lives in Jesus. We have a four-step process. Next step we want you, everyone to go to. Number one is we want you to know God. We want you to have a personal relationship with Jesus. That's our number one goal here. It's not that you come and go, man, I'm part of this church. No, we want you to know God. And then number two, we want to help you find freedom in your life, that the Bible says we're all working out our salvation, that you're in a safe home here, that you can still be dealing with some junk and nobody's going to judge you or condemn you. We're going to help you work through yours as you help me work through mine together. Is that fair enough? And then thirdly, as you're working out and finding freedom, we want to help you discover your purpose. Number three, and we do that through GrowTrack, and we'll meet tonight at six o'clock in the, in the back building and feed you. If you've never been to that, come out tonight at six, and we're going to help you discover your purpose and know who you are in God. And then number four, we want to help you connect with a team and a ministry that helps you join something bigger than you, and let's all go make a difference together and touch people's lives and leave a legacy for the kingdom of God. Amen? I, I see that happening more and more. I see a church so compassionate that people are drawn from impossible situations to a place of hope and acceptance by the true family of believers. I see a church that will never stop searching for the lost because God never stops searching for us. That the unsaved and the unchurched will always be the focus of this house. I'm not the most important person in this church today. It's that person that hadn't entered the building yet. It's the most important person in this city today. I see a church where people of all walks of life, race, culture, age, social standing, backgrounds come together as one family to impact a city and a community and the world with the hope of Jesus. I see a people who are so kingdom-minded that they will count whatever the cost. They will pay the price to see revival come to our homes, our schools, our streets, and our nation. 
And last of all, I see a church where Jesus is famous. His name is elevated and lifted up and all the glory belongs and is directed to him and him only. And will you join me one more time and let's give him the praise that he deserves today because it all goes to him. You see, we could have chosen a different location. We had the options. We looked at other buildings and we were close to signing on them. And then the door opened for this and, and we first said no. And then Pastor Brad and I walked in this building and as soon as we walked in this building, it was like both of us looked at each other and we said, this is home. And we, we had the opportunity to be in more fluent communities that are already overcharged. But God sent us to one that's been ignored and neglected and rejected. And these are good people that live in this community, by the way. I've had the privilege of meeting a lot of them already. And I'm as safe walking these streets as I am in my own subdivision. I mean that. You don't have to worry around here. They've already come around and watched our stuff for us, going, we're here. We got you guarded, preacher. We got this covered here, all right? And I'm telling you, God has sent us because we're going to bring the gospel to a community that has been neglected and rejected, but God's about to bring revival to Brownsville. I'm telling you, and it's not going to be a church revival. It's going to be a community revival. You with me? And so I want you to understand today that God, but what about you personally? What about you seeing by faith? You see, by faith, you have to see and unwrap the fact that you've been chosen, selected on purpose by God, you as an individual. Life may have dealt you a bad hand. As I said, you, you could have gone through a horrible experience in your life, but God has handpicked you to be a get-back-upper. Now, I know those aren't real words, but they just work good, okay? It's my, I, I pastor here, I can use them if I want to, all right? Well, come on, how many's glad made you a get-back-upper? You're not dead, man. The enemy didn't win. He knocked you down, but he didn't knock you out. You're back up. I'm getting back up. Dust yourself off and... No, I've been handpicked. I've been chosen by God. You're a do-it-againer because he'll do it again. I think we just sang that, didn't we? You're a legacy builder. You're a people changer. And some of you have looked at your present conditions so long, so hard, you've accepted them as permanent. But God's going, no, it's a new season. It's a new day. You've been handpicked for this. Can I challenge you today to allow God to drop a measure of faith into your heart today to see again and to let him unwrap that person that's inside of you that's been hidden from yourself and others and let God bring that gift that's in you out and start loving life again and dream again and believe again and let God do something amazing in and through you again. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen? Because you see, when we say why, God's saying who? Why, God? He's not even looking at your why situation. He's looking at the person you. Going, because I trusted you. I handpicked you for this. See, Job wasn't a why situation. He was a who situation. Job's going, why? And God's going, well, the devil made a challenge, and you was my best. So it's not why to God. It's who to God. And some of you need to get that today because you're living in the why when God's wanting to unwrap the who in you. That was worth coming to church for right there. Because you've lived your whole life in the why, and God's saying, I don't even see your why, I see the who. Because I don't look at where you've come from, I look at where you are and where I'm about to take you. I'm going to unwrap your world, I'm going to do something amazing in your life. You've got to by faith see it, and then number two, you've got to, it takes sacrifice to choose it. 
If you're gonna unwrap the gift of legacy inside of you, by faith you've gotta see it, but it takes sacrifice to choose it because it's very easy to stay in mediocrity. It's very easy to stay a victim. Come on, everybody. It's so easy to blame others. It's so easy to let go of the fault. Just, you know, nothing I did. Everybody, if it wasn't for everybody in the world, my world would be fine. No, you'd be right by yourself and still miserable. But you got to take sacrifice. If you're going to let God unwrap that gift inside of you, it takes sacrifice to choose it because in order to unwrap anything significant, you must lay something else aside. And as a church, we must be willing to lay aside convenience to do what's right in God's eyes. I don't need church to get more of Jesus. Amen. I want y'all to understand that. I don't need church to come to church and get into this, ooh, I do that all by myself with God. I don't need the church for that. I don't need the church to get blessed. I don't need the church to get more of the Holy Spirit. That's a personal thing with me and God. I need the church so that I can connect with something bigger than me to make a bigger impact on the lives of people that don't know Jesus yet. And they know it. Any Sunday in this church, if someone doesn't get saved, I'm not preaching next Sunday. We're just going to have a repenting service. But have you ever seen us have one that they didn't? Because we never will, because that's the heartbeat of Jesus. And that's our heartbeat. It takes sacrifice to choose it. You see, we choose not to build a church just for us, but rather for those who are not here yet. I don't need, as I said, a church to get closer in touch with God. I need a church to get closer in touch with you. So there's a family, we can join our gifts and talents and callings together, and we can go make an impact that we couldn't make by ourselves. I realized more and more as I said how little my contribution is when I see the multitude and magnitude of ministry that's produced by our dream team, you, the people, the body. Peter put it like this in Peter 2, 5. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And when you stand in a parking lot in the rain or the cold or the heat and you're bringing people in so they can have church or you're greeting at a door or you're making coffee here at six o'clock in the morning for people to have coffee or you're here at rehearsal every week for hours, whatever it is, when you're making that sacrifice, God says you're offering up something amazing to me and you didn't even realize that you thought you were doing something for me. Now I handpicked you for that. Amen. You were born for that. I chose you for that. Remember the good Samaritan? He was leaving, the, the, the man, the Jewish man was leaving Jerusalem. It's in the Bible, the story. He was going down to Jericho and Jerusalem was the presence of God and Jericho was the city of sin. And he was going downhill, down the mountain. How many knows anytime you're leaving the presence of God and heading to the city of sin, you're going down. He was going down to Jericho and he was attacked by thieves and they beat him and stripped him and stole his stuff and he's left there to die. And, and all of a sudden, this, this priest come by, and he thought, wow, there's a priest. There's a man who studies the Torah. He'll stop and help me. And the priest looked on him, the Bible said, but he passed by on the other side. And then a Levite come by, and the Levites maintained the temple. Surely he'll stop and pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan who racially was not supposed to even come in contact with a Jew, the Samaritan stopped. He didn't just stop, but he got in the pit with him and he took out his oil and he covered his wounds and he took him to an inn and he paid them and said, here, you take care of them. And when I come back, I'll repay you. 
And can I tell you, that's the sacrifice that God is calling that we as a church, that we're going to make that sacrifice that it's not about us. It's about those that need our oil. There's about those that need the anointing that's in your life. It's about broken homes outside of this building. They're rich, they're poor, they're black, they're white, they're Hispanic. They're all cultures of life and they're desperate. Do you know that more people are going to commit suicide in America between Thanksgiving and New Year's than the entire year put together? And it's not that their life changed any. It's that the reality of their depression and their pain became real in the midst of everyone else's celebration. And can I tell you today that God's called Transformation Church not just here on Sunday, but he's called you Monday through Sunday to get out in this job, get in the Walmart lines, get on your workplace, be wherever you are, and be that good Samaritan that we're going to pay the sacrifice that church isn't about us coming and getting more from God. Church is about me coming to a family and joining something bigger than me so that I can go do more for God and reach more people for the kingdom and change more lives for the glory of God. That's what it's about. I love what Dr. Luther King, and I listened to so many of his teachings, and he preached a powerful message that I've gone back to as a young 15-year-old preacher. I've listened to this message probably 100 times of Dr. Martin Luther King on the Good Samaritan. If you've never listened to it, you need to Google it and go here. It's an amazing message, but he made this statement about the Good Samaritan. He said the Good Samaritan had to make a choice. Number one was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? And boy, do we ever hear that? Well, if I stop, you know, who's going to judge me or who's going to say, if I stop and help this man, what's going to happen to me? Or he said he had to make a choice. If I don't stop and help this man, what's going to happen to him? And can I tell you, we need to grab hold of that sacrifice that it's not about what's going to happen to me. It's what's going to happen to my neighbor. What's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to my coworker if I don't stop? How many's glad God wasn't worried about his reputation when he reached you? Amen. Amen. Number three, got to hurry here. To fulfill and unwrap your legacy, it takes generosity to give it. Because legacy builders never build anything to keep it. We're always building to give it. My, one of my bucket lists is that very soon, 50% of every dollar comes in this church goes out to missions. It's on my bucket list. And we're working that way. That we don't hoard money up here and we don't need chandeliers and we don't need fancy stuff. We need to touch people's lives with the hope of Jesus. And, and you've got to come and realize that it takes generosity to give it. And generosity is not just your money, it's your heart. He says in Psalms 112.9, they shall freely, what? They shall, they share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. You want to be remembered by God? Do something good for somebody. Simple acts of kindness. They will have influence and honor. When we learn to be generous, that we learn to just buy that cup of soup for someone. We learn to, and we're getting our new something extra to show you God loves your cards. We will have them next Sunday and they're gonna be out there and you just get in the line and pay somebody's bill and tell them, just leave them that card. It blows people's mind. Something just show you God loves you. You gotta to come today and realize that legacy builders are always looking for a way to be generous rather than to get. They're always looking for a way to give. And, and you don't have to be rich 
to be generous. Because someone don't need their, your money, they just need your time. They just need your care. They just need to know that you're thinking about them today and you're praying for them. Just a hug sometimes is worth more than a dollar. A prayer, just to sit down for 30 minutes and let them talk and cry on your shoulder, being very generous. And so we've got to come and understand today that, do you know one of the reasons we're really focusing on the special needs is obviously my grandson opened our world to a world we knew nothing about. But do you know that 21% of Escambia County is special needs? 21% are disabled, special needs in Escambia County. Almost 55,000 in this city and no church is reaching them. But we're about to. That don't make us better. That's just part of our vision. Because very soon we're going to have over 100 children back there hearing the gospel in a safe place and their parents can be in here hearing the gospel in a safe place and eventually this whole campus is going to be for them. Because we're going to give, and we're going to give, and we're going to give. And it's very expensive to do special needs ministry. But it's worth the investment when you can change a family's life and give them hope. We've got over 40 special needs kids that come here every Sunday now. But we're about to go to over 100 because we've got a school ready to come. And we're going to do an open house. And they're going to come through and see what we've got. And they're going to come and bring their children. And we're going to bring the whole family to the kingdom of God. Yes, we are. Next, and I've got to close here. It takes urgency to do it today. It takes urgency to do it today. Today is the day of salvation, Jesus said in Ephesians. He said, and this has become one of my favorite scriptures about me. I read this every day. Be very careful how you live. What are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your life? Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So be careful how you live, that we realize today, the urgency is today. What am I doing with my life today to make an impact that's gonna leave a legacy with people that's gonna follow me? Who did you talk to this week? Who did you take time with this week? Who did you pour your life into this week? Who did you buy a meal for this week? What am I doing with my life? Realize that there's something inside of you God wants to unwrap. Everybody look at me for a minute because when the enemy gets you thinking victim mentality, everything in your world's about you. Amen. It's all about me, 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 my hurt, my pain. Somebody take care of this for me. Amen. And sometimes we need somebody to take care of us. And that's okay, but your whole life shouldn't be that way. But when you become a legacy builder, it's no longer about me. I'm living my life intentionally so that I can leave something behind that's going to go from generation to generation that's going to change family lineages forever. Amen. I shared with some of our leaders or some of the men that are in town from the finance company that helped us do this. They were in our first service. They flew in to be with us today. They helped make this possible. But yesterday at the dream team meeting, I was pointing some people out and I was going three months ago, he was a crack addict. Six months ago, you didn't even want to know where he was at. And I said, but Jesus saved them. They've gone through grow track. He's one of our greeters now. He's on our security team. 
And at our Christmas banquet Friday night, at the end, we said, we want all of you to just go to a table that you're not sitting at, people that's not with you right now. And I want you to take three minutes to just go tell somebody else in the building that you appreciate them and why. And three people came to me at that banquet and began to tell me their story very quickly. Pastor, I just want to tell you, I appreciate Transformation Church. I appreciate this family. I was a drug addict just months ago, but Jesus has changed my life. I was about to go to prison, Pastor, but Jesus has changed my life. And the stories just kept coming. And I just want to tell you today, you and I have the opportunity every day, every day to make an impact in someone's life. And I put it like this, and people joke about it, and they got a joke around here that I can bend over and tie my shoe and 16 people will get saved. I wish that was true, it's not, but that's the joke. But here's how I do live my life every day, and I pray this every day, and, and if you've been in any of our prayer meetings, I pray it in every prayer meeting we have, is Father, help me today to identify the divine connection that you've already set place in the calendar of heaven that I'm supposed to meet someone today that needs the hope of Jesus in their life. And don't let me be so self-centered and so busy that I miss that connection and I lose that opportunity to touch that heart for Jesus. Because every day of mine in your life, God gives us a divine connection. It may be at Walmart, it may be at a gas pump, it may be at a restaurant, but there's somebody God's gonna cross your path today that just needs a word of hope and a word of love, and we're so busy about us that we're missing it, but if we come back and understand today's that day, I'm gonna start looking every day of my life to leave legacy and leave impact. Amen. So how do we do that? Three words, I'm gonna give them to you and wrap it up. Number one is pray. 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 Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful. Your family's ready. Are you listening to me? Your relatives are ready. They've just turned you off so long you gave up on them. But when you don't see Jesus working in the enemy's, in your camp, he's working in the enemy's camp on your behalf. When you feel like giving up, don't give up. The harvest is plentiful. They're all around us. Harvest is not the problem. He said, pray for laborers of the harvest, workers into the harvest field. And I want to challenge Transformation Church. I want to challenge you today to begin to pray with me for the greatest harvest of the unchurched that we've ever seen. I pray to God for the Sunday that I have to ask 50 of you to get up so unchurched, unsaved people can have a place to sit. Amen. That's coming, by the way. If we don't add another service, don't think two services is it. We're already, we're already working on the third one. All right. Because we can go five in here and have plenty of room for the children. Yes, sir. No, I'm serious. You fill it up and I'll preach 100. I don't care. But I'm telling you, prayer because we can't get good enough to do this. We can't get good enough up here to bring a presence of God out here. I can't get good enough at doing this to change anybody's life. I need the presence of God. I need his glory in this house. I need him when I'm pumping gas tomorrow and somebody at the other pump needs a life change experience. I need him. I wanna challenge you to pray because legacy builders are people of prayer. Number two is to give. Be a giver. You'll never hear us beg for money in this church. If you're a guest, you'll never hear it. We probably take the shortest offerings of any church in the nation. 
We don't beg and plead and we don't do big fundraisers and all that. We will do our first fruit offering in January and you'll hear about that in January. We do it's a big thing, man, and God just honors that in people's lives and families. We're starting a legacy project in January and our goal is to raise $250,000 and you're not gonna hear us up here begging and pleading. We're gonna put it in front of you and let you know because here's what God challenged us. That first point, you've gotta by faith see it. By faith, God's already challenging our heart on where we might be going next. And we're going to be ready when God gives us that opportunity. We're not going to get there and then come to you and go, help. We're going to be where we need to be when we get there. Because God's getting ready to use us to change a whole lot of people's lives. Come on, are you with me? We're going to build more homes in Peru than we've ever built, Linda. We're going to send more money overseas than we've ever sent. Our goal this year was to pump $100,000 to missions and to benevolence and to help in our city and to reach and pour in our community. And we're very close. For this church, that's God. And that, I don't have to stay here and give because you're amazing givers. For Proverbs said this, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. Come on, that's the book of wisdom. You wanna be a legacy builder? Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. We didn't tell Marcus yesterday, oh, if you were really serious, come to church tomorrow and we'll show you Jesus. No, nah, here's a young man going, my life's in trouble and I'm empty and I want a life change, help me. Well, let's take care of this right now. Number three, go got to go. I'm going to rephrase that because when you're a legacy builder, you don't got to do nothing. You want to go. You want to go. Paul said in Romans, and how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. One of my great friend's wife did a teaching on that at a minister's conference years ago and she said, yeah, those that bring good news, our husbands, she said, they have beautiful feet, but they still have smelly socks. <laughs> They're human. How many glad you know that your pastor's human too? Our socks still stink sometimes. But Jesus said, how can they hear? How can they know? Unless you and I. We find that gift that's inside, that specialty that God's called us. We unwrap it. We stop living in the past and we start living in the future. We start going because there's two challenges in life. I'm gonna give these to you and I'm gonna let you go. The first challenge in life is you gotta find yourself. Because most of us in here are identified by our situation or our occupation. Well, that's Dan Livingston, he's a pastor. And my identity is based in what I do not who I am. Because if many of us took away our trade, we wouldn't even know who we are and how to live. Because we live our whole life around what we do, not who we are. And one of our main challenges in life today is finding out who you are, finding yourself. Who, who are you? Can you be happy with no one else in your world around you? Can you be happy without that paycheck that you're getting on Friday? Can you be happy with you? And then the second challenge in life, first is to find yourself, and the second challenge in life is to lose yourself. That once I find who I am, I now want to go and give that person away. 
give that person to somebody else that needs that. And most people in society today have never found themselves, much less lost themselves. And there's many people that have found themselves, but they refuse to lose themselves to others because life's about them. But there's a remnant of people that are learning both. Find yourself, and then go lose yourself. Go. And go make a difference. Because you don't have to go to another country today to find a mission field. Go to work tomorrow. Just go to work tomorrow. Look at the countenance of people that are showing up on a Monday morning. You've got a mission field. Thank God for foreign missions. We're going. But you don't have to go there. He wants you to go across the street to your neighbor that's broken and hurting. Just go. Just be busy. Let's make a difference. My key principle, live today as if it is the only day that will ever be remembered in your life. Realize that you have been given a special gift of being chosen, elected, appointed, and handpicked by God. The gift becomes reality and enjoyed only when you unwrap it. Can I challenge you today? Unwrap the gift. Unwrap the thought, the idea, and the concept, and the truth that you've been handpicked and chosen by God himself. Someone asked me the other day, what's your favorite scripture, Pastor? I don't know why they wanted it, but they said some people want to know. And I said, my favorite scripture? For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Come on, how many's glad today that God's got plans for you? Not, not plans to harm you, but the plans to give you hope. Not plans to take from you, but plans to give you a future. You wanna know why? Because you've been handpicked for this. God has chosen you. Come on, how many receive God's word today? You receive it? Amen. Bow your heads with me. I wanna ask you a question today. Will you unwrap that gift inside of you today? Will you acknowledge and recognize that God has sent an ordinary man to stand in front of you today and share a message that God isn't done with you? God's not through with you. Situation, circumstances, hurts, offenses, difficulties, we all have them, my friend. And I'm not making light of your situation. I promise you I'm not because I know, I know what it's like. God sent an ordinary man today to tell you that it's not over. That there's something inside of you that he wants to unwrap today and he wants to let the real you out. Amen. He wants you to fall in love with you again because nobody can love you until you love yourself. Amen. He wants you to find that person that God has created you to be. God wants you happy. He said, I, I have great plans for you, not to harm you, some of you, your prayer today is just, I pray that today's pain is not as bad as yesterday's misery. And God said, I want to stop that prayer because I have great plans for you. And it's not to harm you, it's to give you hope. Amen. It's not to take from you, it's to give you a future. God wants that to happen in your life. And if you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I'm tired. I'm spiritually empty. I know God is real. But I've been living in the past. And I'm ready to walk into the future and I want God to unwrap my world and I'm ready for a new beginning in Jesus. I need Jesus in my life today. I'm not gonna point you out. I'm not gonna come to you. I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand so he can see it. If that's you, God bless you. God, wow, hands going up all over this building. God bless you. God bless you. There's 10, 12, 14 hands being raised right now. Jesus loves you today. He's come to unwrap your gift.
He wants you to see life and see it in the fullness of what he has for you. If you raise your hand or you did not, maybe on live stream, you need to pray this prayer. You need Jesus in your life today. Pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would just come to you, confess, believe, and I can receive you as my savior. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart you raised from the dead. And I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. According to your word, I'm a new person. I'm born again. I'm saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, you join me and let's congratulate these.